You're listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. The following program was recorded at the 2018 Annual Meeting for the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. Here is your host, Alicia Sutton. We are broadcasting from the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions Annual Meeting in Orlando. And I have two guests today who are going to help us understand more about what's coming down the pike on MACRA and the new quality improvement CME activity. So please introduce yourselves. It's good to see you both again, but introduce yourself, please. Great to see you as well. Thank you. I'm Andy Rosenberg. I serve as senior advisor for the CME Coalition, which is a stakeholder group headquartered in Washington, D.C., that focuses on driving policies that help the CME enterprise. Terrific. Good to have your input today. Tom Sullivan. I'm president of Rockpoint, a medical education company, and also founder of the CME Coalition. Great. Good to have you both here today. So just in a, in a nutshell for our audience, kind of remind us what MACRA is. Sure. I'd be happy to. So in 2015, a law was passed called the Medicare and CHIP Reauthorization Act, the bipartisan legislation that essentially seeks to move reimbursement for doctors under Medicare, under the Medicare program, from the traditional fee-for-service methodology more to a value-based means of reimbursement. So physicians are increasingly going to be incentivized to meet certain quality measures that CMS designates as improvement activities that meet certain categories of reimbursement. And in a nutshell, what doctors need to take out of it is that CMS has now created these targets for them to try to meet and these activities for them to try to accomplish, in which case they get an enhanced reimbursement from Medicare. Got it. So what's happening now in 2018 is that there is this quality improvement framework for MACRA that we can build education around. Yeah, so essentially last year, our organization, with a number of other stakeholders, were instrumental in getting CMS to recognize a new improvement activity for CME activities that improve clinical practice. And so it's an exciting opportunity for those who are in the CME space because what it tells doctors is, doctors, you are going to start to be rewarded by Medicare for taking these courses and doing these activities that will improve your practice. That makes sense. Tom, your organization, obviously, experts in designing education. Sure. Tell us about how you break that down. So as a CME provider, the, the CMS has a list uh, in the improvement activity, and it's on the ACCME's homepage as well. There is a list of criteria in which an activity has to meet in order for a physician to claim or a practitioner under certain size billing to claim back to CMS that they've participated in this activity. When you're designing these activities, one has to have a needs assessment, and it could be something that personal needs assessment on a doctor. It could be a global health needs assessment, but something that there's a bona fide need for. What's the goal of the program? What are you trying to improve? Look about your education programs. A lot of our education programs show what they're trying to improve. The, the key is what's your instrument or what are you doing in order to show that you've done improvement. So you're not only just trying to improve, but you have to show some improvement. This doesn't have to be fancy program. This does not have to be overwhelming. Sometimes you're already doing, for instance, if you're doing a performance improvement activity ready, this would automatically qualify. If you're doing a maybe just a regular education program, how do the key for education providers is how can I maybe part of my audience participates in the improvement activity portion of it. It doesn't have to be everyone. Maybe they look at the 10 records before, the 10 records after. What was the measure of improvement? The key is you want to teach physicians to become actively involved in their data. 
How do they look at their data? How do they do these improvement activities? And these improvement activities, by doing this, you also can use that same work that you're doing to show, oh, I'm meaningfully using my EMR system, right? So this becomes all of a sudden qualifies for certain portions of advancing care information credit that's also part of this. I'm also looking at quality measures. Maybe I improved the HbA1c back from 9 to 7 on some of my patients. Perhaps maybe I can include that also can count towards quality. So what we're basically is doing is teaching physicians how, and, and practitioners how to use their data to improve quality. And it's so then they're getting credit for not just the education, but by doing the education, they're actually helping with their reimbursement to move through the whole system. Excellent. Is, is there something on these courses themselves that denotes that it can qualify? Several accrediting organizations are developing recognition criteria. Mm-hmm. So you'll have some recognition criteria that you can either a logo or something like that to be right. able to put on the... On your, it hasn't been developed yet because this is a new, it's new. This just came out, right? right? So, but it will be sometime this year. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Makes it easy for the clinician to figure that out. Is it that much different, though? You know, you were referring before to PI performance improvement. This sounds very much in line with pretty traditional, except now that it, it's focusing much more on a way that is meaningful. Well, I think there were a lot of constraints in PI previously that prevented physicians from participating. A lot of it had to do with the, you know, the hours that they had to put into it, the, the amount of work that was done, the fact that there were no reimbursement, none of this counted toward their MOC credit. There was really no benefit for the patient, for the physician to do PICME, other than just to say he had his 30 hours done for his state. This now aligns PI with MOC Part 4. At the same time, they're doing their CME not the PI, but their CME, they can also qualify for MOCFR4 and qualify for an improvement activity. And a bonus of that is they're able to do other things. By doing that, they're actually qualifying for other pieces of what the quality payment program is wanting them to do. But in addition, MOC Part 4 by itself is also an improvement activity. So it becomes this be by having these two kind of improvement activities combined, you end up with a higher level of reimbursement. So it counts for 40 points as opposed to 20 points. Right. It seems also like an environment now where clinicians will be driving some of that education to be built. They need this. They want this in order to get, you know, reimbursement. It's been a huge challenge for healthcare systems and for physicians to know how to implement macro. I mean, there was a recent study came out which showed that 70% of physicians just don't understand it, aren't interested in it, but kind of scared of it. And the verbatims are pretty scary as far as what people put in their verbatim comments. But part of that is because they tried to build something without teaching someone how to do it. It's like sort of yeah. hiring a bunch of people to work in your factory and not offering them any training on how to do it, mm-hmm. right? But Can good, you imagine the, that, you know? Operations but the, but the, on the fly. The, the yeah. good news is we're here to say, and if you're performing a good service by, by promoting this information and getting it out there, that things are coming together in a harmonized way, uh, like good. Tom was describing. It's going to be relatively easy for doctors and other practitioners to meet the CMS expectations and to enhance the reimbursement under Medicare. So the good news is that things are moving towards a harmonized, a less siloed approach yeah, to meeting these physician requirements. That's excellent. Yeah, no, I mean, it's sort of like now they've recognized, oh, if we train people, we're going to get a lot more of it. Who'd have thunk, huh? Yeah, yeah. who'd have thunk. Exactly. Andy, tell us about the CME Coalition and the role that it played in helping form this. Great. Well, thank you. So the CME Coalition has about 45 stakeholders in it that are everyone from some of the nonprofit organizations that put on CME 
programming to for-profit companies like Tom Sullivan's to commercial supporters. And so we represent this broad community of stakeholders in the CME space. And we, with Tom's strong leadership, pulled together a working group that met this morning for breakfast. As a matter of fact, we're, we're constantly meeting of a number of different organizations, including some of the major crediting bodies, the Alliance, some of the other physician groups, as well as some of the members from our own organization, to really drive greater awareness at CMS for the importance of creating an improvement activity under MACRA for CME, because there wasn't one prior to right now. And we helped to lead that charge. It was a real collaborative effort. It involved hundreds of comments through the rulemaking process at CMS, but at the end of the day, we got recognition from CMS that, yes, CME ought to be recognized as an improvement activity for which doctors get credit towards their reimbursement. So it was a huge win for us. Absolutely. Um, the challenge now is, is spreading the, the gospel, is making right. sure that folks know and understand and that they're not afraid, Tom, of MACRA and MIPS, the MIPS program, but that they see it as the opportunity that we think it is. Yeah, so the problem has been in the past with MACRA is that people explain it to a doctor and they use a lot of government loves acronyms, right? They've changed the, yeah. this has been MACRA quality payment program. They changed meaningful use to advancing care information. I mean, they, they love to change names and just throw acronyms out. And, and I think if this is a real opportunity and the CME coalition has been a real key player on this is a real opportunity to make kind of simplifies some of what can sound daunting, right? Yeah. If someone goes through all the details of these programs, you go, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. But then, but if we can help to make it simple, and so it's, so people aren't afraid to do it, I think we got a winner. And That's harmonize fantastic. it. And harmonize it, yeah. And harmonize it. The problem was that maintenance verification came out, and they also had PQRS that they had to do, and they're like, oh shoot, I got to now do two different programs that don't even match. Yeah. Now, everything's kind of aligning so that you can you don't have to do 50 things. You can do this improvement activity. You can do a CME accredited, you know, a CME accredited improvement activity. You can fulfill your MOC for requirements, and you can qualify for macro credit at the same time. Absolutely, the harmonization is key, I think, for clinicians. The website for the coalition. Thank you, CMEcoalition.org. It's open and available to the public as a resource for the entire community to learn. And we try to put everything that's important on there. But you should certainly, folks can contact me through the website, too, if they want Excellent. either more information about how to become an active member in the coalition, which we would love. We're always looking for new members. Terrific. Or just to ask questions, and we, we respond to every email we can. Well, I really want to thank you for your time. I know it's an important topic here at this meeting in particular. But thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD featuring key insights from the Alliance's 2018 annual meeting. To download this podcast and others in this series, please visit reachmd.com slash lifelonglearning.